You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Live at the studio of Worldwide Sports Radio. All right, let's go. It, it, it's the third and long show. And here's your host, Maddie Cavs. And welcome, everybody, to a brand new show of Third and Long here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Yes, I am back, and I am back for good. I had some medical issues I had to take care of with myself and my wife, but I am back and ready to roll. I missed so much in the past week and a half, but it is great, great, great to be back. You got myself, Mr. Matty Caps, along with my co-host and producer and good friend mr speedy pd speedy pd what's going on buddy how was your holiday you know what july 4th wasn't too bad i i didn't really do much again i was going through some stuff with uh the wife and everything but everything was good how about yourself it was interesting i mean my my family actually came up to my house in connecticut we had a barbecue and we went kayaking so that's nice so right right in connecticut definitely uh, definitely was fun that's good for the most part very good weather obviously but i feel like i've missed so much because as everybody knows, NBA free agency has took shape. And we are going to talk about the NBA free agency for probably for half this show, or maybe the majority of this show, because I have so much to say about the NBA free agency. I have so much to say about Nick fans. I have so much to say about Brooklyn Nick Nets fans. I, I, <laughs> Brooklyn I mean, Nick fans. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have so much to say within about everybody. Then I then then we have the Kawhi Watch 2019. I have so much to say about that. Um, you look at this NBA free agency, and there was a lot of, in my opinion, nonsense that went on. For any Nick fan, okay, leading up to couple weeks leading up to uh, free agency, July 1st, uh, June 30th, whatever you whatever you want to say, okay. For any Nick fan that thought they were going to get Kevin Durant, you are the most naive, ignorant person or people I have ever met in my entire life. And I'm going to tell you why. And don't get me wrong, okay? Don't get me wrong. I am not happy about it because I would love to have Kevin Durant on my side, on my team, every which way. I mean, who wouldn't? But you have to look deeper within. Why didn't Kevin Durant come? And there's one person and one person only to blame why Kevin Durant didn't come. Speedy, who is that one person to blame that Kevin Durant did not become a New York Nick? I'm assuming you're going to say James Dolan. Mr. James Dolan (laughs) is the reason why Kevin Durant is not going to be doning a New York Knicks jersey. And I don't know if people have heard, or I'm sure they did, okay? But Mr. James Dolan himself did not offer Kevin Durant, top three basketball player in the entire world, a max Before contract. No, no, no. After the injury. You they, still think he's going to be a top three? I Yeah. 
I okay. still I still right. think he's going to be a top three. All right. But he didn't offer him a max contract. How don't you offer a top three NBA player a max contract? How? You gave him a lot less than what he was commanding and going to get from everybody else but the New York Knicks. I firmly believe that if it wasn't for James Dolan and his nonsense that he spews and he talks about, okay, Kevin Durant would be wearing a New York Knicks jersey. What do you think, Speedy? Now, do you think also, though, that Kyrie Irving was also a big reason why Kevin Durant didn't want to I, go there either. I, I, I do think because Kyrie the Knicks, Irving. the Knicks didn't want Kyrie Irving either, and Kyrie and Irving I don't blame didn't them. want the Knicks. So I think that is also a factor to why that why Kevin Durant didn't want to go there, and maybe why the Knicks felt all right. We don't. We're not going to have a shot at him anyway because he wants to go play with Kyrie Irving. I mean, obviously we don't know everything because there's a lot of things that happen secretly that doesn't come out in the media. So that's another thing to factor in. I think that was a big reason why. The Knicks didn't get him. Whether they offered him or not, I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure exactly, but I think that was ultimately the big reason why they didn't get him. Because I think the Knicks, while they were probably the favorites before the injury, I don't know if they were after. I think they were. I think they were favorites leading up to the last two weeks of uh, free agency. If you want me to be honest with you, even after the injury, even after the injury, okay. Le- leading leading up to. Um, Leading up to the free agency, I, in my opinion, I think the Knicks were the front runners. But at once, James Dolan didn't offer Kevin Durant a full max deal. Kevin Durant just said, "Oh yeah, okay. Now you could go f yourself." Is basically what he basically what he said to the New York Knicks and James Dolan. And and again, I I'm I'm a, I'm a Knicks fan. I love the Knicks. And I know how crappy it is to be a Nick fan. But this is to basically Vinny Rubo, who swore up and down that Kevin Durant was going to be a New York <laughs> Nick. And again, it, there's no one really else to blame but Vinny Rubo with this, too. <laughs> but it's crazy. The mushability came through. Oh, well, well, yeah. That's just a given in every which way. You expect anything less? <laughs> Nothing is going to change with the Knicks. Until James Dolan is gone. Mm-hmm. No good fortune will happen to the New York Knicks until James Dolan is gone. Do you believe that, Speedy? Because I firmly do. And don't get me wrong. Sounds accurate for the most part. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. The New York Knicks, they couldn't mess up this draft. Even though I was petrified they were going to take Darius Garland. You still oh, took gosh. the best player in the draft in R.J. Barrett. And I couldn't be happier for that. Okay, but you look, okay, at the New York Knicks now. They actually didn't do too bad in free agency besides the fact they struck out on every single star-studded player. Okay, I am glad. they didn't give a bad contract. Yes, I am glad. (laughs) I am glad Mills and Perry did not go out and overspend on the Kemba Walkers. Or go out and overspend on second and third tier superstars. Okay? They didn't get Kawhi Leonard. They didn't get Anthony Davis. They didn't get... Uh, well, they would have to give up a lot for Anthony they, Davis. But though. they didn't get Kevin Durant. Yeah, no, but this is what I'm saying. They didn't go get Kevin Durant. But you want to know what? 
They didn't overspend. And if you look at the guys that they brought in, Julius Randle, three years with a team option on the third year. Every single person from Reggie Bullock, Wayne Ellington, Alfred Payton, uh, Taj, Taj Gibson, okay, they're on two-year deals with a team option on the second year. So technically, the Knicks could go say F you after this season to these guys. And the Knicks are still in prime position for next year's free agency class. And again, I, if they did it like this draft and they're going to strike out again next year, they're in prime position for the 2021 draft class, which will have Kawhi Leonard, which will have superstars in the next draft class. Two more years of hoping that James Dolan sells the team. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. Do it. Do it. James Dolan is is just the he he's the he's everything that's wrong with sports. Every single thing that's wrong with sports is James Dolan. Okay, mm-hmm. in any sport, or he got he got fined a couple of weeks ago. One small step closer. <laughs> in every sport, though, okay, I look at it like this: it could be croquet, it could be cricket. I blame James Dolan. <laughs> I don't blame anybody else but James Dolan. If if the if New Zealand doesn't win the cricket uh, world championships, I blame James Dolan. Okay, World Series of Poker. If Phil Hellmuth doesn't win his 16th or 17th bracelet, I blame James Dolan. James Dolan is everything <laughs> that's wrong with sports. Can you agree with me there? Maybe we should get James Dolan in a poker game just to lose money. <laughs> Oh yeah, but to him, <laughs> losing some money is nothing to him. That's Progr- the- progression. We need to, small steps here. <laughs> two two year free agency period. That's the goal. James Dolan loses enough money, so he'll eventually have to sell the team. <laughs> yeah, James Dolan going to sell the team. It's the most profitable NBA franchise in. I know. That's why it's a two year project. In, in the NBA. <laughs> that's it, why it, it's a two year project. It'll just never happen. No matter how much I would love to see it happen, James Dolan will never, ever, ever get rid. Of the New York Knicks. Okay. But back to some more free agency. Okay. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving have spoke throughout the entire season leading up to free agency that they wanted to play together. Okay. And right now you got to give your hats off to the Brooklyn Nets for pulling such a coup to get these two guys to come to Brooklyn with an already playoff team. Okay, of course, Speedy, I think you and I could be in agreement here. Kyrie Irving's better than D'Lo. Yes. Okay, D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. He's better than mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. So you're adding a better player than D'Angelo Russell to an already team that finished sixth in the East with a 42-40 and 40 record or whatever it was. Okay. Even though Kevin Durant is, my, is, my opinion, is not going to play at all this season. Okay, Nor even, should he. even though Sean Marks thinks he could possibly come back like an idiot, <laughs> but but again, they are the Brooklyn Nets, but they're not the New York Knicks, so they're better than the New York Knicks. Well, that's not hard. <laughs> but you look at it, and what's going on here is that the Brooklyn Nets are now have now overtook the New York Knicks, and that is what's sad in the NBA world. You're talking about the mecca of basketball, Madison Square Garden. And we can't attract one person there. But hats off to the Brooklyn Nets. They got those two. Looking at this Nets team, okay, they're going to be very good next year. 
They're still going to be a good team. The question is how coachable Kyrie Irving will be because that team is driven by a system too. Of, of course, just and, like Boston. And, and, was. and listen, you got you got to give credit where where credits due. And Kenny Atkinson, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, has done a fantastic job with them, getting them to where they are. Everybody has bought in. Now you're going to have two star-studded players, which Kevin Durant more than likely not going to play this season. But you have a guy like Kyrie Irving, who has been known to be a cancer in the locker room. Okay, You're going to have to do what it takes to have him buy in. Because D'Angelo Russell was a very, very good basketball player. He's a good point guard. He got other people involved. Kyrie Irving is going to need to get other people involved. See, I'm less worried about the locker room problem. I'm just more worried about the coaching because I think. Why the, are you worried about the coaching? Look what Kenny Atkinson's no, done no, no, with. Not, not him. Not him. I'm talking about Kyrie Irving, uh, how he'll mesh with Kenny Atkinson because Brad Stevens is also a top tier coach, too, and Kyrie Irving had problems with him. So. It'll be interesting to see how that works out. I'm not as worried about the locker room problem because the Celtics have more like the, of those top-tier younger players, those high-end first-round picks, where the Nets had a lot of guys that were scrap heap guys, late first-round picks, second-round picks, undrafted guys. I'm not really as worried about that with him. But how coachable will Kyrie Irving be in Kenny Atkinson's system? Because What do you he's, mean? He's, this team, they're very young, but they're not star-studded players. D'Angelo Russell was a, like a second or third no, no, guy. No, no, that's what I mean. And he led the That's guy. what I mean. I think the Celtic players, the young players are – I'm don't. i not going to say they have big egos, but they had like – they were – stronger, high-expectation players, so they wanted, they felt like they were entitled to the ball and stuff like that, too. I don't know if the Nets guys are going to be as bad with that because a lot of them were, like, they had to work their way up kind of thing. Also, another thing that bothers me more than anything about the New York Knicks is that they let DeAndre Jordan just walk over there who is best friends with Kevin Durant. Not just good friends, not just acquaintances, best friends. Freaking friends they are. Mm-hmm. And you just let him go like that. If they kept DeAndre Jordan, I bet you more than anything Kevin Durant would have been a Nick. Even without Kyrie Irving? Um, Because, that, again, that's still, I think, the bigger wild card in all this. Because I was saying on your show and Homestretch, I was saying that the wild card is going to be which free agent is actually going to wait out the year with Kevin Durant. It seemed like Kyrie Irving at the end of this was the only one. Uh, I mean, I think he would have. I think he would have. I think he still would have been a, a, a Brooklyn Net. But I think the Knicks would have had more of a bigger opportunity if they kept DeAndre Jordan. But DeAndre, because DeAndre Jordan and him are, they literally talk every day. They really are like best friends. Right. So it, it it it's really too tough to steer away from that, but I don't I, I don't know what to think. But again, this Brooklyn Nets team they're doing everything right. This team is going to be a tough team to get out come playoff time next year. I mean, they're still not a top four team in the East. I still think it's 76ers are the best team in the East right now. My my opinion, what the, really? what they did in the off season, even, yeah, even losing Jimmy Butler. And, oh yeah, in uh-huh. my opinion, overpaying for Horford. Uh, listen. Al Horford has been a key clog for that Boston Celtics team that could play the four or the five, and it's going to help tremendously if he's going to play off the ball to Joel Embiid. Okay, listen, Al Horford at the four, Tobias Harris at the three. Uh, 
whoever they're going to put at the two and Ben Simmons at the one. Zaire Smith could go play the two. Zaire Smith is having a great You would have league. to hope he emerges. That's, but but, but if, he's having if, a good if summer If he league, can emerge, because I liked him as a prospect, it, he, that could help because the but, 76ers but need a supporting cast. They're not a deep team but you got to look at it. The Milwaukee Bucks are still better than them. Yes. Boston Celtics are still better than them. I mean, uh, the Indiana Pacers are still better than them. So I, I, I look at it. The Nets are probably going to be a five or a six seed in in this year's uh, NBA playoffs. Just my opinion going forward. But you have to tip your cap to Sean Marks, Kenny Atkinson, and what they were able to coop in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Now, again, Kyrie Irving, Speedy, you're not worried about him in the locker room. I am very worried about him in the locker room. It's going to be, again, he's known to be a cancer wherever he goes. That's the problem. He's but I known. think there were more egos on the other teams he played for than this Brooklyn Nets team, though. It is, it's possible. It is possible, and, and, and I'm not going to disagree with that, but it is a little different now that he's coming over to Brooklyn, going to have to be the guy the first year, yeah. and, and he's not good enough to be the guy the first year. I mean, that's fair. I'm not saying the Nets are, are going to be flawless and are going to strive with Kyrie Irving and like go to the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not saying it's going to be a great relationship. I just think that between the Cavs and the Celtics, there were a lot more either former all-star players or higher-end first-round picks on those teams where the Nets are built with guys that had to work their way up and are just system fits, really. And I don't know if it's going to be as big of an issue just because of that. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how how it all turns out. But again, you got to tip your caps. The New York Knicks still suck, and this is for all Knicks fans that thought they were going to be able to get Kevin Durant or even Anthony Davis or Kawhi Leonard, you ignorant, ignorant, naive morons. And I'm taking a shot at Vinny Rubo because he's the <laughs> big, he 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 he's the biggest idiot. Like he for, he like thought it was wrapped in. Uh, in a plastic bag and hand, uh, it was just wrapped up with a bow tie, just giving it to him. And now the real question: If Vinny Rubo eventually does become a Pelicans fan, like I'm projecting, oh, he, he's it, already, will that be the time the Knicks get a free agent? He, he no, 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 anything, no, no even if even if he leaves, he, even though Vinny Rubo pulls off something like your friend listen, did, <laughs> listen, even if Vinny Rubo's mushery is. Uh, is like the top notch. Nothing compares to the New York Knicks, so nothing good. So James happen. Dolan's a bigger curse than Vinny Rubo. Oh, easily. <laughs> okay, easily. Yeah. Just making sure we know the uh, the limits here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a definitely a bigger okay. curse than Vinny Rubo, and Vinny Rubo's just a big ignorant moron. And I love the guy, but he actually thought that Kevin Durant was coming to New York to to the Knicks. He came to New York, but just to the wrong uh, wrong team. But again. It is what it is. The New York Knicks still suck. Okay? The Brooklyn Nets got better. And we're going to get into the rest of the NBA when we come back from break here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are listening to the Third and Long Show. And here's your host, Matty Cavs. 631 676 2968 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Third and Long. I am Mr. Matty Caps along with my co host and producer, Mr. Speedy PD. And Speedy, 
We're going to stay with the NBA free agency before we get into anything else. And I want to ask you this. We're getting into Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, okay? And you look at what transpired and what happened. Um, What do you think about them teaming, teaming up in L.A., not in a Laker uniform? Seemed inevitable for the most part, I think. Inevitable. Not for not necessarily for George, because I think that was a surprise, but Kawhi Leonard, I think, always wanted to play in LA, but I I once LeBron went to the Lakers, it felt like he probably didn't isn't gonna go there. The Clippers seemed like the favorite at that point. I can't I couldn't imagine them playing together. Kawhi's a very like down to earth kind of like that humble star and LeBron's always that fired up kind of guy. I didn't know if they wanted to play together, especially for Kawhi who's done it on his own too, just like obviously LeBron has. Then you got that end of it and you got Paul George, who again came as a surprise because I again the Thunder still had him. He was he came off his best season, a career year for him, where he was the MVP runner up, I believe. So you're looking at a case where he wanted to also play in LA, but he didn't sign with the Lakers last year for the same reason. So it seemed like, all right, maybe you, they wanted to go there. And if Paul George is going to go play in L.A., he was, he was going to be with the Clippers too. If he wanted to be a Laker, he was going to be a Laker last year. But obviously he didn't want that. He stayed with the Thunder. Now, again, I don't know who had the power in terms of actually trading him. I think it's very still unknown to this point. If it was a player thing, if it was a GM thing, if it was something that, Kawhi Leonard pulled off again with not the media knowing but he was able to pull it off and it made sense for both of them who said they wanted to play in LA and even though they didn't the first time when they were initially traded they are now in my opinion after everything I've read and heard Kawhi Leonard is just as much as a not so much a bad person but he wants to play it off like he doesn't look for super steam super teams. He has reached out to quite a few stars to join him. Okay? The Paul George going to the Clippers is very unusual and weird for me. And I'm gonna tell you why. One thing that's weird about this is that Paul George used to date Doc Rivers' uh, uh daughter. Okay. Really? <laughs> Paul George cheated on his daughter. With a stripper uh, in Miami, got that stripper pregnant, and now has a kid with the stripper. I don't think they're together. Oh, God. But they have a kid. And this is who Doc Rivers gave away the entire farm system for? But does Doc Rivers have that power, or is that Jerry West? Are you though? kidding me? Doc Rivers, do you think, has the GM role over Jerry West? No, Jerry no, West. definitely not over Jerry West, obviously. Okay. But to say that Doc Rivers doesn't have any power in that organization would just be asinine because he has so much power in that organization. True, but could you like give up your emotional ties for what Kawhi Leonard wants? Otherwise, you're not getting either. <laughs> um, I mean, Kawhi Leonard probably doesn't go there if – Paul George doesn't come there, I would imagine. I mean, maybe not, but would you rather have that or not have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard, possibly? I I, I mean, I don't know, but I will tell you this. Um, This is very, very, it, again, it's still very, very weird and shocking to me 
that Paul George decided to take his talent to L.A. to when he had the opportunity to be a Laker for the past two years, and he decided against it. Now, all of a sudden, you want to go play with Kawhi Kawhi Leonard because he's arguably the best basketball player in the world at the moment. Okay? Now you want to go play with Kawhi Kawhi Leonard and whatnot in a Clipper uniform? I don't care what anybody says. The L.A. Clippers, they gave up way, way, way too many things. For Paul George. Now, I understand the money has to make sense because Paul George is on a max deal and he just signed it last season. I get that. But listen to what the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to receive. The Thunder will receive four unprotected first-round picks. Okay? One protected first-round pick and two pick swaps in addition to to Shea Gilgis Alexander, who was a lottery pick for them last season, who had a phenomenal rookie season in my standards. He had a phenomenal rookie season for the L.A. Clippers as a starting point guard. Okay? And Danilo Gallinari, who could still go out there and get you buckets when it's needed. Okay? What is Jerry West doing? And Jerry West is considered one of the best GMs in the NBA. I don't understand the whole process with the Shea, Gal- Shea Gilgis Alexander and four unprotected. It's not like they're protected. They're unprotected first-round picks. But them being so far in the future, I think one is 23, 25, 27. Like- I, no, I think it's 21, 23, 25, and 22 and 24. Oh, you can do it like that? I thought it had to be every two years. I, I, okay. I read something where it does have to be every two years. That's why I think it's 21, 23, 25. But I read something with the swap picks. If the Oklahoma City Thunder want to swap picks, first-round picks, okay. it can only happen in 22 and 24. Oh, okay. So maybe that's that. But still, like I think that being so far in the future, maybe it's the only thing that would have worked. To, maybe the, he compensated for that rather than giving up maybe – more recent picks or I guess like higher uh, more picks just as a whole that are closer to now because you're right the Clippers gave up a first round pick that shockingly I didn't I didn't like him as a prospect but shockingly played well and you didn't like Gilders Alexander no he was one of my least favorite draft prospects last year but still like they gave up a guy that played well and they have a lot of average 10.8 points a game three boards a game three assists a game they don't have a they have a, a lot of like second tier like younger draft prospects that again played well last year but again it's not an overly deep team so i guess jerry west was gambling on the fact that the picks were later so they could still have some room to take in young players if they need to i guess so I guess that's why they spread it out, and maybe that's why they added the extra quantity or maybe the more unprotected kind of thing. I mean, I, I, I guess if, if that's what you want to say. But it, it just I, – I don't understand how you could give up so much for, for this guy. And don't get me wrong, okay? This trade obviously helped, helped them sign Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard wasn't going there, going there without – another superstar. I guess you could consider Paul George a superstar, am I right? You would yes. consider him like a second he was, tier. He was a MVP candidate. He so was at the be- at the beginning of the season, but he kind of tailed off towards the end no, of the season. No, but he still was a finalist, though. Yeah. Um, 
Paul George to me is a second tier type guy. He's not up there with the LeBron James, the Anthony Davises, the Kawhi Leonard's. He's not up there with them, the Kevin Durant's. Okay. Um, but from what I'm hearing too is that the Paul George approached the Oklahoma City Thunder following Leonard, because Kawhi Leonard pushed and requested a trade, okay, for the trade. And the Thunder were left with no choice. And this all has to do with the discontent between George and Russell Westbrook. Keep that in mind. That, that's really So you think Paul George forced his way out, or I you th- think he was manipulated? I, th- I think I think it was a little bit of both. Okay. I think I think he wanted to go play with Kawhi Leonard, which is fair enough. Who doesn't want to play with Kawhi Leonard? Okay. And I think it had a little bit to do with uh, not liking Russell Westbrook in the way he is. Because I think a lot of the reason that Kawhi Leonard was saying, let's keep everything a secret. They didn't want the media leaking anything with what him and his agent and whatever other people was working with because maybe it was that kind of surprise that was going to happen. Like, I always thought he was going to the Clippers, but I didn't know who would come with him. I thought initially it was going to be well, Kevin we, Durant. We, we but... all thought it was going to be the Clippers. Right. And then leading up to about three weeks before the – basically the beginning of June, all, song, all signs were pointing to the L.A. Lakers. I never bought that for a second, though. I 100% did after okay. what I was hearing from people and everything and after the meeting and everything and the questions that it, Kawhi Leonard and his, de- and his uncle, who is his agent, asked Magic Johnson and whatnot. It just didn't seem like that was going to mesh well with LeBron and Davis, though. I never, I never felt like that was what Kawhi wanted. So I always fought the Clippers, but again, you didn't think who else was going to be there. And being at the, me, uh, not the media, his agent wanted him to keep everything a secret. A surprise could have been inevitable. I just was shocked it took this much to do it, and I'm shocked it was Paul George because, again, looking at the Thunder standpoint, you would think in a year with the Warriors injuries, they might want to try to contend, but they went the opposite direction. <laughs> Yeah, and and listen, Golden State Warriors will be lucky to make the playoffs next year. That's just my opinion. Really? I think they're going to be lucky to make the playoffs next year. Um I I I we'll talk about them in a little bit. I have some stuff to say about the Golden State Warriors too because that West is just so stacked now. It's it's scary good how It is, yeah, but the Thunder that, probably sacrificed a spot, I would imagine. So I don't I can't imagine Yeah, but the Utah Jazz is gonna be right, they're gonna be up there. Besides the, the Lakers, like which team that missed the playoffs is gonna jump in. That's the only thing I'm The Lakers are gonna Lake, take are gonna take are gonna the, take OKC spot and yeah. then what else? Like, I mean it it it's a lot of stuff to you could really put into mind because if you want my opinion, you want me to give you the top eight teams next year in the West? Here we go. Um, I'm going to go Clippers, Lakers. Uh, I like the Houston Rockets. I like the Spurs, Nuggets, uh, Trailblazers, and Utah Jazz. So that's seven and then... Uh, Clippers, eight. No, Clip, you said Clippers oh, I said one. Clippers, Lakers, Rockets, Spurs, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Utah. Dallas is going to be better. Um... Could New Orleans possibly sneak uh, in? Too young, I think. I think so, too. So, okay. So, all right. Whatever. Golden State will be in, but I don't think there's going right. to be a top five top top five team in the West. All right. We'll see. Just my opinion. Now, you go over to Kawhi Leonard right now, and you look at what he's done. He said from the get-go he's not taking a two-year deal. He's not looking into that. But if you look at his contract, he's signing a three-year, $103 million contract with the Clippers which is all guaranteed, okay? And 
he becomes an unrestricted free agent after the third season. I think he has a buyout. He he uh he has a player option in the third season. A player option in the third season is what he has. Mm. So he basically went for a two-year deal with a player option for the third to give him the opportunity to get even more money in two years after the 2021, uh, 2021 season. Smart guy. How crazy is that, though? <laughs> He's a smart guy. <laughs> I mean, you look at it. They went all in for a guy who obviously took $118 million less than what he could have got, okay? And they got him for two years, barring they play well enough where they could keep him for the rest of his career. And don't get me wrong. Kawhi Leonard wants to be in L.A. He wants to be close to his family. He doesn't want to play against the Lakers. And I'm going to talk about the Lakers in a few minutes, okay? Because I really, really like what the Lakers have done, okay? But you, but you look at Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Are they going to be able to coincide and play together? That's the question with any group of stars that are new. That, that that's going to be a, a great question. I mean, they still have Patrick Beverly there. I mean, I get it why people obviously for those two. But after that, if I had to pick between the Lakers and the Clippers right now to go to the NBA Finals, Speedy, who are you picking? Mm, that's a tough call. Uh I would actually still say the Clippers for the sole purpose of they have a coach that's done it before, and I think Frank Vogel, Jason Kidd, all that whole thing is still kind of an unknown. And I think the Clippers' young players, with the way they were more battle-tested last year, I think the, that could end up helping from a depth perspective. And Kawhi did it last year with Toronto, which probably was a little better, but still was, again, young like the bench just came through then they traded for guys so I trust him a little more to do that just because of what he did with Toronto who was notoriously for the last six years the most choke prone team in the NBA so I could trust that still whereas the Lakers they sacrificed a lot to get Anthony Davis that was on their current roster so they don't have the same depth as they did in previous years so it'll be interesting between those two things I'm going to favor the Clippers for this year though a little more you are a mistakenly sad little, little man if you think. Oh, wait, the Lakers this year, not the Clippers. No, the Clippers. Oh, you are sadly mistaken, my good friend. Because now If we're Kawhi Leonard now didn't we're gonna, win, I wouldn't say that, but he did. Now, that takes now, a lot. Listen, and I, and I get it, and I get it. They, they played a bad uh, Warriors team. Keep that in mind. The Warriors weren't any good because what's-his-face got hurt, and— Boogie Cousins wasn't healthy, and Kevin Durant wasn't healthy since the first series, okay? You look at the L.A. Lakers now and what they've done. Finally, Jeannie Buss, I will give you a little clap for what you've done with the L.A. Lakers, okay? You didn't get Kawhi Leonard, which is fine, but the money you you had for Kawhi Leonard, you spent smartly, and that is one thing that I like to see that you spent it very, very smart. You go get Danny Green for two years, uh, $20 million or $21 million. Danny Green is a, first of all, Danny Green holds the most NBA three-pointers in an NBA final series. He beat Ray Allen's record uh, with the Spurs back in 2016 or whatever it was. 14. 14, okay. Or I thought it was 15. They didn't make it in 15. It was 13, 14. So it was 14? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. You, get, you go out and get a guy like DeMarcus Cousins who had an injury-plagued season 
Now he's not, he's going to be a hundred percent healthy going into this season, and you don't even need to do, need to have him do much with Anthony Davis and LeBron James there. Okay, I like that pickup for the L.A. Lakers. You still have Kyle Kuzma there, who you didn't want to give up, and rightfully so. I would have gave up everybody but Kyle Kuzma. Okay, you got Rajon Rondo back to handle the ball. He's a known leader. He's won a ring with the Boston Celtics and that big three that was there. Love Rajon Rondo. KCP, Contavia Caldwell-Pope, a shooter, which you needed, along with Danny Green. Both shooters. Kyle Kuzma, shooter. Anthony Davis could step out and shoot the three with no problem. But this guy right here is someone I love very much and is going to shock you. Avery Bradley. Hmm. Avery Bradley is a strong, one of the best defenders in the league. Try and tell me he's not one of the best defenders in the league. Yes, that's fair. He's one of the best defenders in the league, and that's only going to help the Lakers, especially when it gets into crunch time and say they're up by four or five, six points, and you need a stop on this possession or a stop with with two minutes remaining. Avery Bradley will be in the game for defensive purposes, along with Danny Green. Danny Green is going to be the X factor. He's going to be the glue guy to this L.A. Laker team. He's going to be a glue guy. And the reason why is because he shoots the three, he's long, and he defends. What else do the Lakers need besides Anthony Davis and LeBron James? And you're going to sit there and tell me, Speedy, LeBron James got hurt bad for the first time in his career last season. I'm not worried about that. But here we go. You don't think LeBron James hears all the critics talking all this nonsense? about him, how he's washed up, how he's done, and all this stuff. Do you think LeBron James doesn't know that? You don't well, I'm think, sure he does. You don't think there's going to be a fire lit under his behind to really get freaking going this season? Right, there LeBron always is. James is going to have one of the best seasons of his entire career this season, and you can mark that down right now. There always is, and LeBron will continue to play as well as he has been. And I'm not worried about that end of it with the Lakers. Here's the thing I like though with the Clippers though too. What do you? What did Toronto and Milwaukee and uh, other teams that were surprises this year show you that maybe now this is the counterpoint to how to beat a scary offensive team? The perimeter defense. Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, Paul George. That's not a maybe the best perimeter defense team. <laughs> In the league, like I look at that from a postseason identity perspective, and I think that could be a very underrated aspect too. And I think the Clippers still have that similar fit and depth that the Lakers do. The Lakers got a, new, a lot of new guys, which could work. I'm not saying it couldn't, but I think the Clippers guys, the new guy, the the guys that they've had there previously that are great defenders too, and they have Lou Williams off the bench who can shoot. I, st- I still think they have that element to them, too, where they could be that perimeter defense-type team. And that, I think, is the way to win in the NBA now. And I Toronto, uh, perimeter defense, in, order, in a three-point shooting league, you need it. You, you, you need to stop the pick-and-roll, number one. And I think it's going to be impossible to stop the pick-and-roll with the L.A. Lakers and their depth. Their depth is a lot better than the L.A. Clippers' depth. It is, but it's not. It's a lot of new things, so that I don't know if it'll fit right away in the first year, though. We'll have to see. Uh, well, they're there to win now. And having two of the top three best basketball players on the planet on one team is, is kind of tough. Okay. I, I hate to break it to you, but Anthony Davis, you would say he's a top three talent. Yes. LeBron James, still a top three talent. Sure. Uh, and, and then 
Kawhi Leonard is top three talent. I'll, I'll right. say top three. All right. Okay. Paul George is a top ten talent. He's okay. not. He's not top three or top five. Right. So I mean, listen, I'm giving to the I'm giving the edge to the Lakers, and it's only because of their depth, and because of their how big their wings are. Again, okay. and the fact that they finally got LeBron James some shooters around. I just love the Clippers' defensive identity, though, and I think they what we saw last season proved a lot with the way the postseason has been changing now, and just the NBA has been evolving. Yes, you always are going to need shooters, but teams that can defend can win too. And I think Toronto are showed tiny. that. Kawhi Leonard's only six foot seven. He might be playing the. But he's four. a top notch defender, though. I agree, and so is Paul George, a, a great defender. Right, that's what I'm getting at. But, though. But, Perimeter but, defense. But, but you have confidence in Landry Shamat to do anything. I don't think he'll start. Uh, right now, Montrezl Harrell will probably start. No, I would imagine. Uh, no, Montrezl Harrell is still going to come off the bench because Avika Zubac. Mm. Is going to start at the five like he's done when he came over from the L.A. Lakers. Oh, that's interesting. I wouldn't do that. I would have Shemek come off the bench. Okay. But then who's going to play the two? I would have Paul George play the two. Oh, so you have Montrezl have... start with Avika Zubac at the five and four. Yes. But that's very weak. I hate to break it to you. That's very weak. I, I, I because then, it, because then if, you look, if you look at the second tier guys. You got Lou Williams. Uh, that's it. Man. Okay. That's it. Who else you have? J. Michael Green, Tyrone Wallace. Get out of here. Get out of here. They don't have anybody. On the on their second second uh, second line, basically. Yeah, but again, well, they were they were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the West last year, and they still made the playoffs. Well, they, that was because of Tobias Harris. How, no, I know how great he was. No, I know, but Tobias Harris wasn't there in the second half of the season. They but still he was there for the first half, and that's what when they gained enough. Sure, but I'm just saying, like they didn't fall off, and even. Even in the playoffs, they still played the Warriors probably as, as as tough as anyone could. They had that great comeback, and they, they they took them to six games, which I don't think anyone expected. And I think that has to say something about the battle test of these young players. And even though they traded a lot to get Paul George, they only traded away one of the players in that core in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. They still have a lot of those guys left on that roster, though, too. So I, I think there is something to factor into that. And I think Doc Rivers... The connection he had with those young players, which which was one of the other big surprises, will help too. Uh, I, I I guess we're gonna wait and see. I mean, I I don't believe that the the Clippers are better than the Lakers right now, and that's only because of LeBron James and Anthony Davis are teaming together, and they're one and two or one and three in my eyes. All right, um, the Lakers will be good defensively. They won't be as good defensively as the Clippers. The Clippers' defense is going to be very very good. When you have guys like Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the defensive side of the ball who are both top five defenders, Kawhi Leonard being the number one, Mm -hmm. and Paul George is a top five defender in the league when when he wants to be, okay? I just think the talent is too much for the L.A. Lakers, and I I, I honestly think that this is going to be the year. If they stay healthy, they're going to get to the Western Conference Finals. Okay. That's fair. It's it's just my opinion, and... Honestly, I could see that happening. I, I, I'm just not a fan of the. I, I love Doc Rivers as a coach. I think he's a great coach. I'm not a fan of that team doing anything at the beginning because if you want me to be honest with you, yeah, Paul George was playing at an MVP type level. I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate that because if you keep in mind, Paul George had his best season last season. Okay, that's fair. And I don't know if he's going to be able to replicate what he did in Oklahoma City now with uh, with the L.A. Clippers. But and I also think there will be less pressure to replicate that, though, too, with no, Kawhi Leonard mean, there. They, 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 with Kawhi Leonard there. Yeah, but, but they're going to be in more pressure to win now. 
That that's the whole thing. They yeah, they, but so are the Thunder. Yeah, uh, the Thunder aren't you? Mean the Lakers? No, I mean the Thunder when he was there. We're still oh, I know. The, we're still having pressure to win now too. No, I know, I know. But uh, I don't know. I just think it's going to be way, way too much. I just think the Lakers are going to be too much going forward. We'll see. It'll be interesting, though. But I think what Kawhi did with Toronto could prove a lot of what he could do with the Clippers, though, too. Yeah, something we'll see. But again, I think LeBron James is going to have a fire lit under his ass, and he's going to come out and prove to everybody that he's still the best player in the league, and he's going to lead the Lakers to, to, I'm not saying so much to promised land, but he's going to lead them to the Western Conference Final and possibly the NBA Finals. And I'm going to tell you this. If he gets to the NBA Finals, they're winning the NBA Championship. Right. There's not one team in the East besides, the, in my eyes, the Philadelphia 76ers that could beat the L.A. Lakers. Okay. Just my opinion. And again, that's only if everybody stays healthy. Okay? Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to a quick break. And when we do come back from break, we're going to step away from the NBA um, I want to get away from free agency a little bit, and I want to talk a little bit about baseball. I want to talk about the All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby, and I want to talk about what we expect the second half of the season. We're going to get into that when we come back here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. You, you are listening to the Third and Long Show, and here's your host, Maddie Cavs. 631-676-2968 is the number to reach us here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to step away from the NBA and the free agency and everything that's going on, even though I literally could talk about that for hours upon hours upon hours. Now, I want to talk a little bit about Major League Baseball. And the past few days, it's been quite exciting because I, I, I love All-Star Break. I, I love the festivities. I love everything leading up to it. But let's talk about the Home Run Derby first. Speedy, your main man, the only thing you guys get to cheer about for the garbage <laughs> from Queens is Pete Alonzo. And Pete Alonzo outlasted Vlad Guerrero Jr. Um, in the championship round. But let me just say this. Oh, God. Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Jock Peterson put on an absolute spectacle Yes. Of a show. Yes, they did. That was the most exciting semifinal I I think I've ever seen. I think it's the first time it's gone that deep, too. It's gone to two extra uh, sudden deaths or whatever. It's the it, was, first time. it was actually three, and they had the timed first overtime, and then they had the two swing-offs, which... Oh, that's right, the two swing-offs, yes, yes. I think that the, there was... One of them, I think, that went one swing off, but that was it. Because the time thing is relatively new. I think 2016, I believe, was the first year they did that. So it was the first time that ever happened. And Jock Peterson didn't look like he was going to get there at first because he had 13, I believe, with like a minute 20-something left. And he was able to pull off 16 and at least force it. So it was very impressive what he was able to do just coming back each round to fight off Vlad Jr., who was... He hasn't done it in the season. He only has eight home runs on the season, but did it in the Derby. <laughs> he put on an absolute spectacle of a show along with Jock Peterson, and I really wish that was the finals. I wish that was the finals. No, no offense to your main man, Pete Alonzo, in the garbage from Queens, but look at the show no, that no, was put on. It was, it was, no offense taken. Jock Peterson was actually my pick to win. <laughs> but 
obviously got outlasted. I had Alex Bregman, if you want me to be honest with you. I really? I, I, I liked Alex Bregman. Yeah, he, but he doesn't have like that derby swing. He's like a line drive swing, though. So that's not going to favor you in that kind of thing where distance matters and those like pole hitters usually win. I'm just surprised it was a righty, too, that in Alonzo that won. But he used the opposite field. <laughs> got to give him credit. Hmm. I guess so. I mean, if, if that's what you want to say, you got to give him credit. You got to give credit where credit's due. And I'm not going to say much about Pete Alonzo because he's a garbage from Queens guy, and we all know that they, they're they not <laughs> even worth talking about whatsoever. But, Speedy, let me ask you. what yes, did they, you have, th- they have three all-stars and then not much else. <laughs> three? I, I, I'll give yes, them. Yes, they did. They had three I, all-stars. I know, but let's be real here. I didn't, I didn't like the third one. Let me ask you this, Speedy. You looked at the home run derby. You look what Pete Alonso did, and you looked at the past home run derby winners and how that hurt a lot of them in the second half of the season. Not that it matters because you are the garbage from Queens and you're not even going to get remotely close to a playoff spot. Do you think this hurts him going forward? It'll hurt him in some areas. Like I think the way he's a, the way he hits home runs, I don't think he's really going to digress in terms of like getting his swing messed up because he, he used the opposite field. It wasn't like he just pulled the ball in that home run derby. If you saw his... Well, f- first of all, I think Pete Alonso's best swing is right center field. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think he's not like other pull hitters that, again, have been hurt by that when they've won the home run derby. I know when Giancarlo Stanton won the home run derby in 2016, he digressed a little bit after that, but he's more of that pull hitter. Even though he has the opposite field power, he's Aaron still, Judge did the he's same still thing. primarily pull hitter. Aaron Judge was a rookie, though, so I'm not really... Like, I it can doesn't ex- matter. I can expect that a little more. No, but it doesn't matter, though. Like it, it, It's looking like the home run derby ruins guys. I think it's more of a half-and-half half thing, so it's definitely interesting. Are it, you worried? It, I'm only worried about it in a batting average standpoint. That's really it, but that's common anyway for one a rookie and two just because in the second half of the season it's very hard to raise your batting average as a whole just with the way stats work you get more at bats so it's more likely your batting average will go down from a home run standpoint I'm not worried just because his swing he uses the opposite field well he hits line drives if he needs to so I'm not really as worried about it from a swing standpoint I'm worried for Pete Alonso just because of what I've seen in the past few years what it's done to the past champions of home run derby winners and how they've tailed off in the second half of the season. Not last year. Bryce Harper got better in the second half of the season. There's one anomaly, and his name is Bryce Harper. But you look at the past ones before that, I'm sorry, Speedy, they've all tailed off in the second half of the season. And that's why it's a little nerve-wracking to me. And he's a rookie, so and that makes it even more nerve-wracking for me. But Pete Alonso does look like the real deal. Let's be real here. He's not going to stay in New York uh, garbage from Queen for the rest of his life, no matter how much... Uh, the new garbage from Queen fans want him to be, he's going to go on to bigger and better things. Let me just say this, and the reason why I say this is because the garbage from Queens remind me of the New York Knicks of a, of their respective sports. Well, two different problems, though. No, no, no. The ownership reminds me of well, each sure, other. But that is what I'm I saying. I think the ownership had two different problems, though. They're both horrible, I'll give you that. But Yeah, that is that is what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying right there. It's the ownership that really gets to me. Pete Alonso will not be a garbage from Queens fan for uh, player for life. He'll probably he could possibly go to the Yankees or he could go somewhere else, but he will not well, be staying there. Here's the only thing that may change all that is the way the trends of contracts have been with younger players. We're seeing teams now try to lock up their prospects earlier, and for an ownership group that obviously is notoriously cheap. 
they may actually try to take that route and just try to pay him like less right away. Obviously, he's on a contract where he's making less than a million dollars right now because he's just got called up. But obviously, he's worth more than that. We've seen the Braves do that with both Acuna and Albies. We've seen the White Sox do that with Eloy Jimenez. You wonder if they might try to take that kind of route with Alonzo and maybe sign him to four years, five years, just to make sure that they can balance it out. Because obviously, the Mets aren't going to give him the $300 million contract, $200 million contract, if he ever gets to that point down the road because they don't do things like that. But they might end up doing something like this, like we're seeing these modern trends where they're paying guys earlier but less often to make it less of a cap issue for the team. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's really interesting, and it's going to be interesting to see. But that's what I firmly believe and. Let's be real here. This is the only thing garbage from Queens fans should, could be excited about is Pete Alonso because everything else about the garbage from Queens is royally, royally dog poop. Am fair. I right, Speedy? That's fair. That June, <laughs> that June showed a lot. <laughs> I mean, you look at it right now. Your bullpen is one of the worst bullpens in baseball. One of? <laughs> or, That's being generous. <laughs> it might be the worst bullpen in baseball. And if I could remember correctly, I was remember I said I didn't like the trade when you got Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano and all that stuff because I didn't like Robinson Cano and I, I, I liked Edwin Diaz and stuff. But you look at the trade that they made. This trade is not looking too hot for the garbage from. Cruz. No, it's not. It's definitely not. It, it, it's not looking good. It's and interesting I, because Cano has been down for other reasons. And it's interesting. I thought he might be down for power, which he has been. But I, I'm surprised he's down for batting average. Robinson Cano is one of just five players with at least 250 plate appearances, four or fewer homers, and an OPS below 650. Diaz has an ERA 26% below the Major League Baseball average. 26% below. But we have our first call of the day, Mr. Jeff from Tampa. Hello, Matthew. Jeffrey, how are you, buddy? I couldn't be better if you were twins. <laughs> Did you enjoy the home run derby? Um, listen, I thoroughly enjoyed Jock Peterson and Vlad Guerrero going at it. That was very exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, like, Pete Alonzo winning was like the perfectly meant thing to have happen, right? <laughs> they end up, he ends up winning the home run derby, and yet he's still not the story. <laughs> it's so true. You're right. He isn't the story. You're you're a hundred hundred percent right. It's perfectly nuts. They stink in every way. And that's and that's the whole thing. The only thing they could be excited about is Pete Alonso. But let's be real here. Pete Alonso, when he could leave, he's gonna leave. Yo, one dude, he should leave. He should leave. When if you're Pete Alonso and you're looking around that that clubhouse, what's there that's keeping you there? Nothing yet. Speedy, Nothing spe ever. Yes. Go back 10 years. <laughs> Speedy, Speedy has optimism with, with his garbage from Queens. Well, team. no, I have optimism for the reason of the way younger player contracts have been now with guys being signed earlier than rather than waiting it out for the one million, whatever, less than a million that they're getting paid right now the, when they just come up. So I'm optimistic if they do something like that, but knowing them, they'll probably screw that up too. So I, right, it's but, not right, optimism, but, here, but it's it's something that we'll see down the road. We'll see if something right, happens. Right, but here's the thing, though, Speedy. Uh, Alonzo has, what, five more years before he can actually be a true free agent? Yes. 
depending right, on when right. they sign him, obviously. Because, again, younger players have been signed more often to make sure that teams don't get hurt down the road and essentially to kind of balance out the contracts. Right, but when that five years is up and he's a free agent, unless he signs earlier or whatever, right? But when that five years is up, DeGrom contract will be over and he'll be gone because he's already 32 or 33, right? Okay. Are you going to be interested in having a 37 or 38-year-old Jacob DeGrom? Probably not. Probably not. Same with Noah, same with Noah Syndergaard. Same I think Noah Syndergaard's going to get traded. Noah Syndergaard will probably get traded before that anyway. Right, so he's going to be gone. When, when, you, when you look at when Alonzo's going to be a free agent, they probably won't have much that'll be attractive for him from, to keep him there. He's the only really, you know, maybe McNeil, maybe McNeil. I'll, I'll give you McNeil, but I'm not sticking around if it's just Ahmed Rosario. <laughs> no, I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying that <laughs> it's one of those things where because it's five years or six years or whatever, whenever they do sign the extension, I mean, they have a lot they could change. Obviously, the way that modern baseball has been you're seeing a lot more teams try to build from their farm system there there's less free agent oriented things and right now they have a lot of veterans that are on bad contracts or veterans that are going to be traded anything like that so they're just going to have to shed all that and maybe in five years they actually take the routes of these other teams what they're doing even if they were previously larger market teams or or teams that made these kinds of mistakes in the past maybe they start implementing that route. Now, if that's the case, then they might end up having a chance to keep him. As of right now in the current state, yeah, of course, it's going to be hard to keep him, but it's five years down the road. We'll see. I mean, I, I just don't see it. I, you know, I mean, well, players now, to... they, want, they want money, but they also want a chance to compete, you know? I mean, except for Manny Machado, right? But they all right. want a chance to compete for something. You know, Machado went to Philly because they have Hopkins and they have some other nice no. young pieces. And, You're talking about Bryce Harper. <laughs> right, but that's where that's where Harper went, right? Right. Which, you know, Machado's the only one that picked, like, kind of a bum team, even though Tatis is pretty good and Hosmer's there. And, you know, they might have a chance in the next upcoming years. Right. But Flushing Queens is not a place free agents go, you know what I need? I need to go get me a Coney hot dog. Well, okay, I, I, I need to go ride the cyclone in the summer. Right, I, that's fair. I'm not saying that they have ever attracted anybody because so, they don't. But my right, point the is, one they have, the, the only real good one they've, they've gotten, honestly, has been Cano, maybe, and he's past his prime. I mean, Jason Bates. Well, that was a, out. right. That was a trade, no. though. There's that wasn't a free agent yeah, signing. But no one's picking there. Who's picking to go to the Mets? No one's picking. No, if, I know if that. If you're picking a team to go to in New York, you're obviously picking. No, I know that. But I think as well with the landscape of the way baseball ownership is changing, though, and the way that teams are being built, I don't think there's as much in terms of a free agent impact besides the Phillies, who kind of have done it through trades and free agency. A lot of those teams, like the Astros, they built it mostly from their farm system, then they traded for Verlander, they traded for Cole after that. They, it wasn't really anything big for them. Yeah, but free the, agency makes or breaks your team. I mean, you know, I, I would just use the Red Sox in this one instance, right? When, when the Red Sox had David Ortiz in their lineup, they were, they were a dangerous team. And then when David Ortiz retired, they were horrible offensively that one year. Right. And then they went and got an offensive force in J.D. Martinez, which was a free agency pickup, and it totally changed the complexion of their lineup. And they, what, they went 120 games last year? Right. 117 so, games? That's fair. That's fair. 
I'm not saying one free agent is the is a bad thing for these teams to do, but I think a lot of the teams that have been growing the way they have, a lot of it is through homegrown players, though, too. Yeah, no, I'm not denying that. I'm just saying that that's the one thing you have to look at to see if they'll even have a chance to be there in, in five years is how they develop these other players. Because, again, they've done it right now with Alonzo, and they're doing it with McNeil right now, but how much more, more can they get? Could Conforto develop? Could Rosario develop? Because they've been up and down throughout their whole career so far. And so that'll be, that'll be the biggest key. But by the time McNeil and Alonzo develop, and I think that they're really good young players, I really do. I'm not crapping on them whatsoever. But by I am. the time they get really good, DeGrom's arm will have fallen off. Right, but I, I actually am not as not in the DeGrom sense, but in terms of the Mets developing pitching sense, I'm really not as worried about that because they've always been a notoriously good pitching franchise. They've always had trouble developing position really? players. Yes, Jeff. Really? They, they yeah, always yeah. have good starting pitchers. They just don't have bullpen and they never develop hitters besides Alonzo the last great hitter they developed was David Wright before that I mean, that was homegrown it, 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 it seems like their rate isn't very good on developing pitchers though would you say Steven Matthews developed would you say that, that that Harvey developed no but I'm talking about their emphasis in general though in terms of prioritizing these pitchers they seem to get them to work in certain instances they still had early years where they've done that. Now, they haven't lasted. I'll give them that. But in terms of actually like bringing up pitchers, like knowing how to work with these guys in terms of their stuff, they have done it. In terms of their longevity, yeah, they're a little... They're, a lot of those personalities are higher-end personalities that just maybe weren't fit for New York, obviously. And maybe that's the area they have to start working on with these pitchers. But in terms of a pitching-rich history that they've had, yes, they do have it. Now, in terms of the hitters, they don't because they have trouble developing hitters, particularly infielders, throughout their history. I don't know. Seems like a bum franchise with bum players to me. Alonzo's like the lone bright spot. And that's not going to be there for much longer. Before we know it, he's going to be on to bigger and better things. Yeah, I hope he goes to Philly. <laughs> Stays in the same division? Yeah, oh yeah. I, I, want, I want to see him eight times inside of uh, City Field smashing home runs in a different uniform. <laughs> because that's what Mets fans deserve. <laughs> are, are, are the garbage from Queens... The New York Knicks of the NBA? No. Really? I'm going to have to disagree with no. you. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going straight up no. The Knicks, are, the Knicks are far worse. Far worse? I don't know about far worse. R- far worse? The, the Mets made it to a World Series, I don't know, what, four or five years ago? Four the years Knicks ago, yeah. Haven't made the playoffs in two decades or whatever. I mean, they made it one time or whatever, but they haven't been good since 1994. At least the Mets have one shocking, like, lone bright spot of brilliance every two decades. Uh, I mean, in that instance, okay. I, I, I could give you that then if that's the case, if, if, if that's what you're going to come up with. I, I, mean, I, I just Mets, think they're the, the same. The Mets have had flashes of brilliance. Uh, you know, I mean, they don't sustain it, but, like, they've had – you know, some success, you know, making the playoffs a few times. The Knicks, woof, dumpster fire. Woof, woof, woof. They're bad. Woof. They're bad. I'm not going to disagree with you. They are bad. But otherwise, Jeff, what do you think of the home run derby? Did you like what the show that Vlad Guerrero and and Jock Peterson, Peterson put on? Jock Peterson blew it. I Listen, I agree. 
I agree. But what a show they put on. When he was in the swing off and he smashed the first one out of the park and he only needed to hit uh, one home run in the next two swings, you know, you can take pitches and you can kind of do that sort of stuff. He should have had the dude toss it to him underhand and smashed it. (laughs) I don't think that's legal, though. (laughs) Whatever, Speedy. You know what I'm saying. He should have just lobbed it in there and smashed one because, I mean, dude, he only needed – there was – and I feel bad for Vlad Guerrero, too, because he probably would have crushed Pete Alonso. He was hitting, you know, 30 home runs around when he was hitting. That's, you know? uh, he, so, I, I'm, I'm surprised firmly, he lasted that long. I didn't think he would have the stamina. <laughs> I firmly believe he would have uh, beat Pete, Peter Alonso if he was not so tired. If he had won in regulation and hadn't had to go through a whole nother minute of, of swings plus two rounds of the three swings... That's hard, man. That takes a lot out of you. I, I'm surprised it lasted that long for him because he's a he's Absolutely a bulkier right. guy. I'll tell you the thing that the thing that struck me the most about it, though, honestly, was you know Vlad has just. I mean, you can see the sheer power in Vlad's swing. Oh yeah. But yo, how smooth was Jock Peterson's swing? Jock he's Peterson always been didn't smooth. Even look like he was swinging. He's always been smooth. He's always had that smooth pull swing, though. That's why. I, right, but right, but his move, his was so much more fluid than than Vlad Guerrero. Now listen, Vlad's got just just ridiculous. He's got eight power. You know, he's got like that silverback gorilla power that's like chill you with one punch kind of thing, you know? But like, you know, Jock Peterson's swing was just just effortless. Mm-hmm. I, listen, I love Jock Peterson. I really do. So it, 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 it's interesting. I think that was the show for the Home Run Derby. And everything, I thoroughly enjoyed that home run derby. I hate the fact that... And I wanted to see Jock Peterson win, not so much for Jock Peterson, but he's got a special needs brother that was there, and I thought it would have um, been really cool, mm-hmm. like, you know, for the brother to, you know, be there and see that, you know? Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, it, I, I mean, if, I, I didn't know his uh, brother was there who is special needs, but that, that would have been very, really, really great. But I hate the fact that Pete Alonzo won because it just annoys me that he won. <laughs> Um, nah, dude, it's perfectly Mets. Only a Mets can win a competition and have it not really count. <laughs> wow, Jeff. But it, but it, it just bothered me. And then the All Star Game. I mean, I, I liked the All Star Game. It was close. I mean, it was, it was just a very, very good game in my eyes. What do you think, Jeff? Speedy? What do you guys think of the All Star Game? Nah, not enough offense. I well, it's always that year to year. Like some years it's high scoring, other years it's low. It. it it usually is. I don't know if it's a formal pattern, but usually it's one or the other. But most of them are close, though, and that's always good to see. I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you the other thing that really annoyed me, too. I hate Dave Roberts. I'll tell you why I hate Dave Roberts. Because I played a FanDuel event and a DraftKings event oh. uh, for the All-Star game, and Dave Roberts had taken his starting line out, out so freaking early, and it porked me. <laughs> But doesn't that normally happen in an all-star game? They play at most two innings no, usually. a lot of times they wait. So, like, they'll spread out the substitutions, dude. Like, Dave Roberts was out of bench players by the fifth inning. I mean, maybe, but still, usually they only play two innings at a time just to get everybody in. I mean, I don't really care. Should have played the starters longer. <laughs> Oh, man. People bet money on foolish things like that, and he's not thinking about the common man. <laughs> oh, man. You're not wrong, you know? You're not wrong. 
It's it's just. I mean, well, let's, let's, let's be honest. No one went to that All Star game going, man. I can't wait till Max Muncy gets in there. What are you doing taking out Josh Bell and and Marte and people player players people want to see? No, yeah. Maybe he has bias towards his own players then. I mean, no one cares about those guys. That's why they put them on at ten thirty at night. Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> you're not you're not wrong with that at all. And maybe yeah, the offense wasn't there, and uh, I get that. But again, it is the All Star Game. They try to keep everybody healthy going into the second half of the season because the second half of the season is what really really counts here. And you look at the second half of the season going forward. It is not going to be a good second half of the season for the garbage from uh, Queens. Okay. No, that's, they're going to finish. They're going to finish thirty games out of first place in the East. <laughs> wow, a team's going to be rise to be that good in the East. Well, the Atlanta Braves are very, very hot at the moment. Okay. Are, well, how far back are they now? Uh, I think they're thirteen right now. Let me let me 13. see. Thirteen, right? Okay, so they're going to finish forty games out of first place. <laughs> They are approximately 13 and a half games from the Atlanta Braves in the NL East. That is what they are right now. So, and Speedy, they're only six games up on the my, my, Miami Marlins over there, Speedy. So They'll still finish above the Marlins. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, Speedy. It's the Marlins. We'll, it's the Marlins. We'll see. Speedy, I'm going to tell you this right now. Don't come into this studio if the Marlins in September finish ahead. Of. It's the Marlins. We're talking about the garbage for Queens here, Speedy. It don't matter. It could yes, be. You're, you're talking about a team that's fully tanking, though, in the Marlins. Look at a Mets fan getting super cocky over another crappy franchise. <laughs> it's the Marlins we're talking yes, about. Yes, yeah, Mar- we're also talking about the Mets. Yeah, but the Marlins are legitimately tanking. There's a difference. Let's get into another story about the All-Star game, and this one really aggravates me because I'm a New York Yankee fan. How about Sonny Gray being an all-star? Imagine that. How about Sonny Gray being a freaking all-star? Not in that park. Which is ranked third. It's the third best hitting ballpark. I believe it. It, uh, Where is it right now? Hold on. Probably third to Yankee and Colorado, probably. I don't know, but uh, according to the park factor, no. Um, Coors Field in Colorado is always one. Yeah, that's that's and PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah, that's that's interesting because that's always been a pitcher's park. Yeah. That, wow. That, according according to Park Factor, those two parks are, and then obviously Cincinnati, Great American huh. ranks ranks. There. I guess the Pirates I mean, pitching staff's just that bad. I'm not terribly surprised by Sonny Gray being an All Star. Either I'm am I? Either am I? I said he couldn't pick a pitch in a New York Yankee uniform, and it showed. He's, ha- he's having an okay season with a bad team. He is only 5-5, five and five, but he had a 3.59 ERA, but is he's striking out 10.3 batters per nine innings. Yeah, that's shocking. That's which, ha- is that's hard. Un- which is unbelievable. That's hard in that park and hard with his soft stuff to be able to do that. And in division, that has I mean, a lot of good offenses. I mean, he's a really good, he was a really good pitcher. He's just one of those guys, for whatever reason, I don't know what it is. It's completely unexplainable. 
He's just one of those guys that can't pick, pitch in New York. There are guys that can't pitch in Boston. There are guys that can't pitch in L.A. There are guys that it's can't more, pitch in uh, it's, it's more the New York Yankees that people can't pitch there because let's be real here. Remember when every Yankee fan was in love with the James Paxton deal, saying he's a number one stuff and he's not he could be he's the number two guy, but he has number one stuff and could be eventually be the number one? Yeah. Let me let me let, 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 let me see the number <laughs> wait, what'd you say? He said, Are you referencing Errol Marks? Uh, Errol Marks and Vinny Rubo, actually. I've been taking shots at Vinny Rubo too since the Kevin Durant saga. I've been taking shots at him. But By the way, has anyone seen him since free agency started? Does someone want to do <laughs> like a check on this? No, thing? no. I, I was saying there's an advanced feature in the program we used to stream that I haven't learned yet. But if we wanted, if we wanted to do that, we should do one for the Vinnie Rubo cam. <laughs> uh, but can I? Like, but here's here's the thing, though, Speedy. Here's what you're, you're missing is, I mean, for over a year, for over a year, Vinnie Rubo has been saying that the starting lineup for the Knicks was going to include. Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and Zion Williamson. <laughs> How many of those people did the Knicks end up getting? A goose egg on that one. Goose egg on that one. And he was pinning all of his hopes to it. Was he not, Matthew? Oh, you don't got to tell me. I've been taking shots at him all day. I've been taking shots at him, him all day. Since, haven't seen him since free agency started. I wonder why. Either have I, and I barely spoke to him. Since free agency started, I think I was laughing at him. I was sending him laughing emojis when, when I found out before Kevin Durant announced it, I read somewhere that he was signing with them before it was even announced or whatever. And he's like, you're lying. That's not happening. And what do you find out 15, 20 minutes later? Kevin Durant signs with the Brooklyn Nets. But, um, but I, I, about this Sonny Gray situation, remember when everybody said that James Paxton was the Lord and Savior? He, he's this unbelievable pitcher and all this stuff? Went healthy. Well, he's been healthy this entire season. Okay, number one. Go tell me how James Paxson is pitching this season. Yeah, but James Paxson's also had a lot of second-half injuries. So. I, okay, but we're not at the second half. I'm talking about right now. Go tell me how James Paxson is pitching right now. He's 5-4 and four with a 4.01 ERA and a 1.43 whip? Really? It's not great. You're going to tell great. me a number one possibly... Uh, a number two pitcher that these guys see, possibly number one, has a 4.01 ERA. Are you kidding? <coughs> Are you guys kidding me? And I knew this was well, going to happen with James Paxson. I knew James Paxson was a three or number four. And it's just showing that he can't pitch in, in a New York Yankee uniform. It's simple. He's been wildly inconsistent. That's what it is. Wildly inconsistent. I mean, you know, I, I realize you crapped on me for the longest time about this, Matt, right? Because I like Giancarlo Stan, right? Like, I like Giancarlo Stan. But once again, this is just, you know, the Yankees focus on, like, the wrong things. They went and got, they went and got more right-handed bats. They went and, Gar- and Cardarfion and, and Stan. That's, you know, with Judge and Sanchez and all the young guys they have in the lineup, they don't need more hitting. They're dying for pitching. And for some reason, the Yankees keep adding hitting. And yes. I, I, I I don't understand it. Like, Jeff, I just don't get it. For the past two and a half years, I've been saying the Yankees need pitching. When they were when they were one inning away or one game away when they went to game seven against the Houston Astros two years ago in the ALCS. Well, two games. Technically, they were up 3-2. Yeah, they were up 3-2. So, whatever. I said it from the get-go that the Yankees need starting pitching. We're not going to go anywhere without a legit number one pitcher. And, yes, the Yankees are playing good baseball right now. For what what they had to deal with, which is far worse than what the garbage from Queens had injury wise at the beginning of the season, 
The New York Yankees are playing great baseball for what they have, but when it comes to playoff time, it's a different animal. And I'm going to tell you this. If they don't make a move for the for a good number one type pitcher at at the trade deadline, which is the end of this month, the New York Yankees will not be in the World Series this year. Will not. And I could promise you that. I would bet any amount of money that that won't happen. And that and that's I, a fact. I, I'm, I think I'm with you. I think it would be really difficult for them to, you know, I mean, the game slows down in the playoffs. And, and Absolutely. The emphasis is more on pitching. And truthfully, if I look at the other teams out there, listen, the Twins are having a great year. I'm not sold on their pitching. I'm just looking yeah, more what at playoff teams, identity the Twins have. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're hitting the snot out of the ball. They, they, they were they're leading the league in home runs, right? Major League Baseball in home runs? I don't think so. Look, look that up they for me, Speedy. They, 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 were they, were, there, yeah. they were winning at one point this season uh, a couple weeks ago or whatever. I'm not sold on the Twins either, but they're playing great baseball. I never count out the Houston Astros, okay? Yeah, but, that's, but that's the team I was going to say I think is going to be. The oh, yeah, they problem, are leading. Right? Okay, because they are leading. They are leading. Because, okay. because if you have to, like, if a series goes seven games against Houston, right, you got to face Berlander three times, that's not a great matchup for no, the Yankees. Not at all. Not at all. And again, who who are the uh, who are the Astros going to face three times? Huh? Like who? Don't don't sit there and the tell only, me. The only trustworthy postseason pitcher is Tanaka. Oh, and do you think the Houston Astros are scared to face him three times? He did well against the Astros in that ALCS. He's not scared. They're not scared to face Masahiro Tanaka. No, three I'm just times. saying that's the only one though. We don't know what James Paxton is yet, and the other yes, we guys. Do. He can't pitch in the New York Yankees. No, no, but we don't know in terms of the postseason. We don't know yet. He hasn't pitched in the postseason. Listen, yet. listen. I like Tanaka, and Matt, don't take this as me bashing Tanaka because that's not what it is. But if my choice is between Verlander and Tanaka, I'm taking Verlander every time. Oh sure. Uh, well, what do you mean? I'm not gonna. I'm. I agree with you 100. percent Well. I'm just, you know, being a Red Sox fan, I, I know that you're going to go, oh, you're just bitter. No, 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 like no. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not Vinny Rubo. I don't, I don't do that as much anymore. I, and most of the time, I usually agree with you when, when you say stuff like that. So I, I picked I, the Yankees to win the East this year. I know, you, you picked the Yankees to win the East before the season even started. I actually think you picked the Yankees to win the East during the World Series last year. Okay? Like, I, I know. I know what you said. And they very well can win the East, but the Tampa Bay Rays are playing great baseball some some way yeah, somehow. Yeah, they don't have enough. No, I, and listen, I agree. They don't have enough firepower to last throughout the entire season. But when it gets the to one- the playoffs, and you and I both know, Jeff, it comes down to pitching because, like you said, the game slows down, and the Yankees don't have that number one guy that could go out there and shut it down. No matter how important the bullpen is, because, yes, the bullpen's still important, you still need that number one starter to get you there. And if you don't have it, the New York Yankees are in a lot of trouble. The one thing, though, that I think if they do make it, the Rays do have, though, is the strategic pitching element that wins titles now with the bullpen games, the openers, the way they go now, and their manager is outstanding in Kevin Cash. That's the one thing that could boost them up, though, so I wouldn't I wouldn't play too down no, on them. If the Yankees play the Rays in the, in, the, in the playoffs, I would not play down on them by any stretch, even if they don't have that same flashy offense that the Yankees do, because they have a lot no, of they, unknown, they, they really they good pitchers. They improved their team, for sure. They, you know, the Tommy Pham addition was nice, and they, you know, some other things. Austin Meadows. You know, but they just, yeah, I mean, but they just don't have enough across the board, though. Just, I mean, the Yankees are definitely a superior team. You know, uh, you know, the problem I see with the Yankees, truthfully, is what you ran into last year against the Red Sox, right? Like, if, if your starting pitching is only going to go 
two innings or three innings at most, because that's what happened with Severino, and that's what happened with um, J.A. Happ, right? right? Like, they only ate up a couple of innings. Mm-hmm. If, you know, and I don't care how good the Yankees bullpen is. I don't care. If you're going to them that early every game, they're you're going to wear them wear out. Down. Yep, you're going to wear them out. 150,000%. And if you're playing a chess and they, match. And the Yankees have a good bullpen. The Yankees do yeah, have do. a really good bullpen. Yeah, they have one of the, the they have arguably a top three bullpen in baseball. Right, but if you're making your bullpen pitch six of the nine innings, you're going to kill them. You're going to wear them out. And, and here's the nowhere. thing. We're supposed to have Luis Severino as that number one. Has anything anybody heard from Luis Severino or anything about Luis Severino? No. Right. And I haven't again, heard a thing. They have a lot of streaky postseason pitchers. And the Rays, I think, if they if that's the matchup, they have a lot. They do a lot of the little things, too. Where the Yankees, of course, they're going to have the more talent, but can they do the little things is the other question. That's something that's hurt them in previous postseasons, too. The Red Sox did the little things. The Astros did the little things. And the Rays, I think, are another one of those teams that can. I just think the Speaking Yankees that, need to go out and make a move for a number one guy. It's simple. They need it. Since you brought up the Red Sox, Speedy, can we just talk about one thing that's been bothering me this whole time? How is it Rafael Devers was not an all-star? Because the American League all-stars were just messed up in general. <laughs> the second base, Rafael, third base, and I think a lot of the outfielders were wrong. Rafael Devers leads all third basemen in average, OPS, RBIs, home run, and on-base percentage. How is he left off? Popularity contest and them getting things wrong. Second base, third Dude, base, and I think left field were all, all wrong for the American League. In every category. I know. Every category. Robbery. Rafael mm-hmm. Devers having, having a good season, but that's the way the cookie crumbles. Jeff, thank you for calling, pal. We got to get going over here. No problem, boys. I, I, I thought it was fun to call in and at least throw things at Speedy because you know. Well, yeah. Well, he's a garbage. It's fun to do that. He's a garbage from Queens fan. There's. there's it's simple when he when he's a garbage from Queens fan. That's all. It's simple. Yeah, I mean the Mets are terrible. How do you feel about that, Speedy? That everything he likes sucks. Yeah, well they're not they're not good. I'll, <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say as much as that. They're still better than the Marlins, though. <laughs> we'll see. Come the end of the season, not pal. Long, Speedy. Do you want to bet on that? I'll I'll bet the Marlins will overtake them. <laughs> really? You're gonna bet a team that's legitimately tanking. To pass the Mets, <laughs> buddy. You don't think your team is? You guys are going to have a. They're not trying to. Lo- they're not trying to lose. They just find ways to lose. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> they have buddy, talented buddy, players that are finding ways to lose. There's a difference. Buddy, the Marlins are legitimately tanking and trading everybody. Your team is going to have the world's shittiest quarterback in the outfield by the last month of the season. <laughs> that's fair. I'll, that's always a possibility. But still, think the Marlins are legitimately your team tanking. Is so bad. Your team is. They've turned into a publicity stunt. Okay, that's fair. Again, they find ways to lose in ways they shouldn't lose, and that's fine. It, but it, in the their, Marlins have no defense, talent. In their There's defense, 21 games, the garbage from Queens were winning after the seventh inning. Right, and they that's what I'm saying. All. They're finding ways to lose close games, and with uh, obviously with talented players. The Marlins don't have talent. There's a difference. Marlins. You know, that's, that's actually an amazing considering their amazing offseason move was to bring back Jarius Familia. I really thought he was I hated gonna walk that. it down. To I hated Familia. I like the other things, but I that was the one thing I did I knew was gonna see coming. He's a pure closer. He's a pure closer. I knew that wasn't gonna work. What? Maddie, do you remember that? You remember like the off season and everyone was like, Oh my god, Wilson Ramos and, and Jarius Familia. Yeah, the Robinson and, and Cano Diaz and Ed, Edwin Cano. Diaz and how's that working out for him? Edwin Diaz is oh, one oh in seven. We, Robinson we, Cano we is such a good off season. Yeah, no. 
I didn't like it right from the beginning, and I made fun of Speedy earlier in the show for that. So well, I was right on Familia. I, I liked the DS trade, though. It's still not looking it's good. It's amazing to I think didn't say that. fans will talk themselves into liking because they're so desperate for a win. <laughs> Jeff, thanks for, thanks for calling. <laughs> All right, boys. Enjoy your afternoon. Be good, pal. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was very awesome to hear from my good friend Jeff all the way down in Tampa Bay, Florida. But that is it for our show here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is Dirt and Long. I'm Matty Caps. This is and my co-host and producer, Mr. Speedy Petey. We will see you next week on Monday. Tune in then here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.